Hello, everyone. Nancy here, and welcome back to another episode of Entrepreneur Rescue Mission. I'm super excited today to have a special guest with us uh, for another hot seat interview. We've got Stacy Hostchild, uh, and she is the go-to operations director for feminist entrepreneurs. So we like to dive right into things, Stacy. So um, can you introduce yourself and kind of share a little bit about you with our audience? Absolutely, Nancy. Thank you for having me. I am based in Mexico and got my start in the online space about seven years ago when I decided to stop traveling and make Mexico my home. And I needed to figure out how I was going to make, uh, make a living and basically reinvented myself, started out in the VA space, worked my way up and now I am the go-to director for feminist entrepreneurs, specializing in strategic planning and long-term operations retainers. Wow. Um, so I love that, you know, you kind of have a background doing some VA and everything like that. So, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about how your whole journey, you know, into the entrepreneurship uh, world, where did that all start? What got you interested in uh, doing more uh, with entrepreneurship? It was a complete accident. I am an accidental entrepreneur. I, when I was, my last job before I got into the online space was to be this, what I was the second in charge of a private language institute in Southeast Asia. And I always said, I would never wanna be the boss because you never get to disconnect. You're always thinking about your business. And, you know, I guess the world had other plans and here I am, but I'm also that second in command for my clients' business. So I think the universe played a little bit of a trick on me. When I came to Mexico, I absolutely loved it. I left the States 20 some years ago and I've lived Africa, Asia, Europe, all over the world. And I was moving every two years. And I came here, I absolutely loved it and I wanted to stay. And my option was to be an English teacher for a few dollars an hour or figure out something else. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And so I got on the internet, I started searching and I started out as a virtual assistant for health coaches. And then I did, I think what a lot of people do at the very beginning, you're just learning, 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 learning. I mean, I came from a place before where I was working in post-conflict, I was working in a post-conflict country that had regular power outages. So I didn't even, I mean, I, I was, of course, I was using the internet, but to be like, actually understand what I could build with an internet connection was a whole nother world for me, which absolutely, which sounds kind of ignorant and silly, but when you come from the development world and you're working in that situation, it's just, you don't know what you don't know. Wow. That's so cool. So, I mean, I have a couple questions for you. <laughs> One, uh, you know, you mentioned Africa, Asia, you know, Mexico, all over. When did the traveling start? And, you know, tell me a little bit about that journey, because I'm curious to see where, where do you come from? <laughs> I literally come from a small town in Western Kansas, and I was a complete weirdo. 
So in high school, when girls in my class were passing around this top 10 list of cutest boys, I was talking, I was talking to my teachers about current current events and what was happening in the world. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know who these boys are. Like, what are you talking about? Like, let, let's just say I didn't peak in high school, shall we? Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I saw an uh, advertisement for the Peace Corps. Oh, wow. It, and I was like, that's it. It wasn't even a question. I was like, I want to go to the Peace Corps when I graduate from college. In college, I backpacked through Europe, again, pre-internet, um, studied in Spain. And then right out of college, I went to the Peace Corps. And I did do my master's back in the States, but I haven't really lived long-term in the States for 20-ish years now. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, that, like, first off, like I've always wanted to travel, but it's always been that nervous, like, you know, it's a little scary out there. Not sure what's out there. Like, how did that all feel? I mean, you just naturally feel comfortable or were you just like, this is a big deal. I got to do this. Like, talk me through that thought process. I mean, it's quite amazing because number one, I get car sick and number two, I'm not really good at maps. Like, I get car sick and I can't read a map. So the fact that I have done this it's a bloody miracle. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, I look back now and I was 22. I bought a guidebook. I did everything over the telephone and I just did it. And I was, I think I was young enough where I wasn't scared. And I also never really felt connected to where I lived. And so I think that probably subconsciously gave me the confidence to go out and explore something else. And I just did it. And now it's, you know, like problem solving, figuring out challenges, having to make a quick decision. Those are all things that come really natural, naturally to me when I'm managing people's teams, because you have to make a decision. Sometimes it's going to be the wrong one, but at least you make a decision and you move on and you problem solve and you get through challenges. And I think it's just, I, you know, like when I was in second grade, I never said, Oh, I want to be a director of operations. <laughs> but, you know, I think like many of us in the online space, these opportunities are presented to us and we take that jump and we take that and, you know, and we, take, you know, we, we take the risk. And I was probably always meant to go in this direction of being a director of operations. But again, when I was in second grade, I didn't know what that was. And these things have led me, led me to this. Love that. Yeah, no, that's such a cool journey. And I'm definitely going to circle back on some of those uh, places to visit um, as far as your travel. So Jumping back into, you know, your business and what it is that you do and how you work with people, can you, you know, paint us a little picture of, you know, as a director, you know, and as someone who, you know, helps people with operations, what does it look like for someone to hire you and work with you? So there are two different ways that people can work with me. And one is through a one-off strategic plan. Strategic planning is all about providing clarity, direction, and a plan so that you can move your business goals 
forward. What we're doing is taking all those sticky notes off your desk, all that butcher block paper off of your wall and putting it into a plan so that you and your team know what is priority, when you're gonna do it and who's going to take ownership of it. And some people might end their journey there. Some people may continue on with me where I will manage their strategic plan, their team, their processes, their projects, and allow them to step into that CEO role of the business where, and I will manage the business. Because like I, I like to say, most people did not get into business to manage a business. You got into business to do marketing or be a coach or a photographer. But in order to create a really successful, sustainable and fulfilling photography business, you need more than pretty pictures. Like 99% of that stuff is behind the scenes. And that's probably not your skill set, nor should it be because I'm not taking pictures. You know, my skill set is running the business. So that's how I work with people on a long-term, um, in a, in a long-term capacity. That's excellent. Yeah. I mean, I know I've been hearing, we've been hearing so much about like fractional CEOs or, you know, like, uh, online business managers, so many different things worrying around, but, you know, couldn't agree with you more. I think that's the thing a lot of people forget about when they jump into the pool of entrepreneurship, right? They go, all right, I want to start a business. And then whenever it comes to managing a team or, you know, doing all the different things, um, that's where things can get a little wonky. Um, so that's well, awesome. And my first business completely failed yeah. in full transparency. Oh, wow. And it goes back to what you're saying. Like, I thought I should be doing social media because that's all I knew again. Right. And I didn't know what I should be doing. And I was chasing all the trends and I had a fear of missing out. So I was buying courses. I didn't need to be buying. I'm obviously not against courses. I'm not against, you know, upping your skill set. But when it comes, I think if I back then when I started my first business, well, number one, I should have never been in marketing. But again, I didn't know what I didn't know. But having a plan and understanding what are your business goals? What are your revenue goals? What do you need to do to get to that next point? And in the online space, when we're talking about the next step, I'm talking a year out. Because a quarter or six months or a year as a small business in the online space is like 10 in corporate. So we're not thinking about 10 years in advance, right? We're talking about a year. And I think that can really help people slow down to speed up and figure out what is it I need to do? I need to bring this to completion before I move on to the next thing. Instead of just throwing a bunch of random stuff out there and hoping that it works. That's excellent. So can you give us an example of, you know, some of the projects or, you know, the teams that you've managed? Um, like, what does that look like as far as, um, you know, like obviously working with some of the clients that you've worked with in the past? Sure. So I come, I have, and I still do come into people's businesses on a retainer basis as a fractional um, director of operations, if they don't have a team in place yet. Because there is that circle of, okay, I need to get some systems in place. I need somebody to figure out how to, like, who to hire, when we're going to hire, how to hire. And so I will come into people's businesses as the only team member 
aside from maybe third-party contractors who do the website or something like that. Like they're not in the, they're not on the team. They're not in the business on a day-to-day basis and set up those foundations for them with the plan that, okay, in three months or six months, we are going to hire whoever that is. And I think a lot of people think that the first hire always needs to be a virtual assistant, which is not true. Um, It could be a wide variety of experts or people in your business, depending on your needs. And again, this goes back to the plan. What's a good time ROI for you? Where are you spending your time? And what do you want to get off your plate? So that's one way. If I come in and there are already a team, there's already a team in place. My number one goal is to make sure that the team members are in the roles that are best suited for them. That they feel empowered to do their job and that they feel like they can come to somebody when they have a question or when they make a mistake because we're all going to do it. And nobody wants to be in a team member. Nobody wants to be in any type of corporate or corporate culture, online culture, when you mess up and want to bury it and hide it. Like, I don't play that game. Like, (laughs) there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason, right? We all mess up. Um, And I map out projects. I create processes. I manage metrics. I set key performance indicators for the team and keep the business chugging along. When I meet with the CEO, I'm going to present the CEO with the most important things that they need to know and leave them out of the like granular things that they don't need to know, because that's what I'm there for. I am there to manage all the moving pieces, to problem solve, to lead, to support the team members and show the CEO that we are moving in the right direction. Super. Excellent. So, um, you know, one thing that we usually like to talk about, you know, on the podcast as well, you know, and I'm a huge tech fan. um, Are there any specific tools um, that you love or you recommend often to clients? Um, And this could be anything. It could be from Google, Google Drive to, you know, uh, Mail or Light or something. But uh, what are some tools that you like to recommend or that you often use uh, in what you do? I am a vetted ClickUp consultant. So ClickUp is my project management tool of choice. And I have since moved away from one-off ClickUp builds, but I use ClickUp for my strategic planning and I use ClickUp to manage my clients' teams. And I, you know, I think everybody has their favorite project management tool. Mine happens to be ClickUp. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. I, we actually used, um, I, I've moved to so, so many different ones over the years. I started with teamwork and then I did, you know, Asana and then ClickUp. I will actually work with ClickUp right now. Um, but I do do use, uh, Trello with all my clients cause we do a lot okay. of social media. Um, so that's awesome. So, you know, one thing I also like to talk about on this podcast, because, you know, I'm actually in the middle of writing my book, which is all about personal branding and social media. Um, I love to ask the question, um, you know, a couple questions around you and kind of your personal branding. Um, can you tell me some of your core values? And this could be um, core values that you have in business or even in life. I usually like to call these kind of like the North Stars. Um, but can you share with our audience, you know, what are your core values? 
sure. I love core values, and that is something that we do during strategic planning. Um, and so I have to make sure that mine are solid <laughs> because I have to I have to lead by example. Um, and my first, my first, my top two are humor and candor. And I believe that work should be fun and people should enjoy working with the people that they spend their time with. And it's not that we don't set deadlines. We do. We work hard. We meet our goals. But it, this, again, goes back to what I was saying before, is that humor and laughter in the workplace build trust. And so if there is a challenge, people are going to be more apt to talk about it freely because they see you as, as a person. And I mean, this is, this Forbes have done studies on this. I know this from, you know, my work around the world, um, that laughter is, laughter is magical and not to digress too much, but I used to work around the world in classrooms where it was forbidden, where it was, students were not allowed to laugh. They would be punished. And I, re and I really saw the power of being able to have fun they, and enhance their learning. In, and in the workplace, that increases productivity. Um, so for me, it's you know firm but fun leadership is how I roll. Excellent. And my second value is candor. I am going to come into my clients' business with what my mentor calls a yes, maybe attitude. I am not a yes, ma'am person. And, and if you're bringing a director of operations to, into your business to be a strategic partner, you may say that you want a yes, ma'am person, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> because you want somebody who's going to push back and kindly tell you no and tell you why and show you that, okay, have we thought about one, two, and three and X, Y, and Z. Um, and um, those, those, are my, those are my top two. I have some others I'm happy to chat about, but those are my top two. Excellent. Yeah, no, I love both of those. And I totally resonate with the fun. Um, you know, it's funny, whenever I was growing up, my dad always said, you know, if you make it, you can make anything fun. You know, and I remember doing the dishes and it was like made it into a game. And, you know, that's how I try to do even with, um, you know, our whole process with our team. And I'm like, come on, let's make it fun. We can make it enjoyable. So I love it. And you. what did you do to make the dishes fun? Oh, I so doing the dishes. So I may need to like tap yeah, into this. No, it's really, well, it's, it's hysterical. <laughs> so it's a little things. And I say, it's probably just like all mindset, right? So like, okay, even he said, for example, you know, one thing that you find annoying could be changing the toilet paper, paper roll. Instead of seeing it as an annoying thing, oh my God, I'm so lucky. You know, I get to be the one, right? Like, so I even still to this day think that um, as far as the dishes, uh, you know, my brother, I mean, I used to kind of like race with him and then, you know, I would just do different things, but yeah, I mean, I think it's probably just changing your mindset a little bit, but yeah. That's a great attitude. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what cleaning, I was going to say, I make cleaning playlists and I rock out, you know, like whatever I clean the house and stuff like that. So, you know, you can kind of make anything fun, I think. 
Um, so we are, we're coming down the wire. We actually have uh, um, just a few minutes left, um, but I would love to ask you, um, you know, one question that I usually bring up, you know, with people, and again, with you traveling and your experience all over the world and everything, I would like to ask you a question. Um, and it's actually from, um, if you've ever heard of Tim Ferriss, he actually has a book, you know, tribe of mentors, and he's got this one question he usually asks people. And it is, you know, if you had a billboard, right? You can show this billboard and it would be front and center, you know, in the busiest place, you know, in the world. And you could write anything on it. Okay. It could be a favorite quote, could be, you know, anything. What would you write on your billboard? The two things come to mind. And the first one is choose your own path. And this comes from the band formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. They just go by, they go by the Chicks now. And they have a song called Long Way Round. And it talks about how they took their own path and they had all these cool experiences. But sometimes when you choose your own path, it can be very lonely because you are being authentic. And not, you know, if you're choosing your own path, you probably have strong boundaries and you say no. And I would say that that is 100% true. I mean, there have been times when I have felt like a complete outsider because I have chosen to do exactly what I want to be doing and people don't understand. And then that ties into a Maya Angelou quote that I absolutely love and I'm getting ready to butcher. So we might (laughs) have to correct me on this. But it's something along the lines of, I long as every human being to feel at home wherever I find myself. Hmm. Love that. Um, Yeah, I love Maya Angelou. And I think that's really cool. And, you know, of course, you've been all over and you've made your home, you know, a little bit of everywhere, um, which is really inspiring. You know, honestly, you know, I think... um, you know, the courage that it takes to do what you've done and, you know, be able to come from a different, you know, country and say, Hey, yep, I'm here now, you know, but I was also living in a bunch of different places. It's just so super cool. So I'm glad that you're able to do what it is that you do and work with clients um, in all different capacities, uh, living in different places. So um, my final question, because I have to ask this, of course, uh, if you had to give our audience some advice and it's, uh, you know, if they were to plan a trip and go any one place, um, is there a suggestion that you have just an amazing trip that, you know, you feel like everyone should take, uh, just based on all the travels and places that you've been? That's a really hard question. (laughs) I, when I was young, I wanted to go to all the places that I had seen pictures of. Um, but my best memories are eating, walking around, and just like going off the itinerary. And I think this actually, I would have never thought about this before without you asking this question. But I think sometimes when we travel, we try to pack too much into too short of time. And we get, we think we need to see it all. And we get stressed out and then we're tired and then we need a vacation from the vacation. 
And I think that kind of comes back to business. It's like you're trying to do too many things at once. And then sometimes what can happen is you start a project and you don't finish it. So you've lost time, you've lost traction, your team is frustrated, they have organizational whiplash. <laughs> um, and so I feel like I would have, again, I'll give you credit for that. I would have never thought about the, uh, I would have never ever thought about the similarities, but when I look at it like that, I'm like, yeah, there are some similarities between the two. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so where can people uh, learn more about you? Where can they find you? So I am at stacyhoschild.com and on LinkedIn um, at Stacy Hoschild. And fun fact about strategic planning, I have my own and one of my own goals is to branch out to uh, other social media platforms uh, in the next couple of months. So I will be elsewhere, um, but for now it is my website and LinkedIn. Excellent. Excellent. And are you accepting new clients at the moment? Yes, I am. Excellent. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, that wraps up our hot seat interview for today. And, you know, thank you so much, Stacey, for being on today. I uh, was so excited, you know, again, to hear all the cool things that you do with operations, hear about your journey. And again, I'm just like so inspired, you know, by your courage and, and the travel and everything like that. So thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having me, Nancy. Excellent. All right, everyone. So stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks for listening today and have a wonderful afternoon.